Hey friends, welcome to the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 49 of The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Before we dive into today's interview, I have some announcements for you. First, I recently launched a new digital magazine called Restore. I'm sending new issues out on the first Friday of every month to all of my email subscribers. So if you're not already on the list, you can sign up quickly and easily. There's a link here in the show notes for you. And I just hope you will enjoy this labor of love that I am creating every month. It's just meant to encourage you and inspire you. And I would love for you to share it with your friends as well. So when you get your first episode, forward it on to some friends, ask them to subscribe, and I hope you're going to love it. Second announcement is that I'm hosting a live event on Tuesday, June 21st in Arizona called Restore Soul Care for Moms. Can you tell I love that word, restore? And you are invited to this event. I would love, love, love to see you there. I started Restore Soul Care for Moms back in 2017 because I needed a night of encouragement and refreshment as a mom. I have held it almost annually since then. In 2020, I had to go online because of COVID, and then I took a year off last year, so it's back. I'm super excited to be bringing this event to my friends. So I'm going to be speaking along with Ginger Simonello, who is on episode seven of the podcast. She's a dear friend. And my other friend, Noelle Rhodes, who is a Christian comedian. She is hilarious. She's going to be with us as well. And she was on episode 28 of the podcast. So I'm super excited to be teaming up with these friends. We're going to be at Rock Point Church in Queen Creek, Arizona, Tuesday, June 21st. We would love for you to join us. Tickets are on sale now. There's going to be a link here in the show notes. Invite your mom friends. Make it a fun mom night out, a time for you to connect and get away together and just enjoy some time being encouraged and inspired. So join us. It would be a great Mother's Day gift for yourself or for your friends. Tickets are on sale. Again, link is in the show notes. And I would just love, love, love to see you there. Now on to today's episode. Today, I'm talking with Jacqueline Widener. Jacqueline is the self-proclaimed former president of the Hot Mess Moms Club. After God pulled her out of a pit of anxiety and depression, she has been on a mission to help other overwhelmed moms thrive. She lives just outside of Vancouver, Canada with her husband, Brendan, and their three talkative girls. She hosts the Ready to Thrive podcast and is the author of Tangled, a soul care revival guide. 
She loves creating content that helps women experience transformation in their lives. And she started the Ready to Thrive School where she hosts e-courses for women to get the tools they need to thrive. Welcome to the podcast, Jacqueline. So glad to be here and actually just connect with you. I know it's so fun. We got to catch up a little bit before we hit record and it's super fun. I would love for us to start off talking about Mother's Day, which is just around the corner. And when you and I were chatting about you coming on the podcast, I was like, let's talk about your Instagram post from last year around Mother's Day. I remembered it. It was so memorable because I felt a lot of what you posted. You were talking about how sometimes Mother's Day, we have just this feeling like we're so excited and then we can feel a little bit disappointed maybe. Will you unpack that for us? Yeah. A few years ago, my husband and I had this conversation that was actually really helpful. And he basically said, Hey, there's a lot of holidays. We have our anniversary. We've got Valentine's Day. Christmas. Like, I don't know if I can actually pull off all of these things. Like what's really important to you. And I had to realize for myself, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually not a big anniversary or Valentine's person. Christmas is important, but I was like, Mother's Day is actually very, very important to me. And probably because it's all consuming all the time, takes so much work. I've had high expectations. And one of the things that I have done in the past is really, I've kind of sabotaged myself Mm -hmm. often when it comes to Mother's Day, where I've had really high expectations of what, what I want. And then I haven't communicated them clearly. So I just really hope people read my mind (laughs) or I've tried to control the day and really kind of get my hands in there and say, we're going to do this and do this. And then I get frustrated that nobody has done anything for me, but I haven't given them that space. So like my sabotage comes in many different ways. Like I'm very, very (laughs) very creative, but one thing I really have learned is to have realistic expectations. Strangely enough, my family is still who they are on that day. <laughs> right? <laughs> like they, my kids will still fight. People will still, you know, be tired. And what are realistic expectations? Have I communicated clearly what I want? Do I really know what I want? Sometimes I think we have an idea of what we want. A lot of moms struggle with, I really want a break. I want to rest. I want to be away. But then we have the sense of FOMO. Like we're like, but I, I want to be with my people. I'm missing my people. And so right. really just trying to figure out what, what would be a win for you? Like, what do you actually want? How do you communicate that clearly enough ahead of time with yes. realistic expectations? And you can definitely participate in those. So letting your family know, like, this is maybe the restaurant I want to go to. Maybe you even make the reservation, but Like, how do you set them up for success? Because they want to succeed. They want to honor you. Right. Um, So how do you really help them do that? Yeah, that's so good. Just realistic expectations and then communicated expectations are so helpful. Because like you said, we have this idea maybe of being spoiled and pampered, but our family doesn't know that. Or I remember like my very first couple of Mother's Days, I wanted to be away from being a mother for the day. Like I just wanted a break. And so I needed to communicate that because your family won't know. One other thought I had as we were just chatting is like, maybe we as moms, like let the day be the day, like again, communicate the things we want, but then we can also plan another day as well for us to go, you know, 
pamper, self-care, whatever that looks like, but just communicating about it. Interestingly, I went back, we were chatting about this Instagram post I did last year and I went back and reread the post and I created a highlight on my Instagram. That was my, my spontaneous mother's day hack. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but the weekend before mother's day, I had booked myself a massage and we get, you know, massages included in our healthcare and stuff like that. I just never take advantage, but I had booked this massage and then I think I had a gift card and I went and really like splurged on some shopping and it really was this awesome day. And I, I thought about it and I was like, Oh, this is actually my dream mother's (laughs) right here. And I'm doing it the weekend before, or maybe you do it the day before. Right. So that all of the things I really want, like kind of my bucket got filled with this relaxation. And, and these are all things I booked myself and I know what I like and where I want to go. And I, there's something about having that independence as a mom. That's so rare where you're like, you know what? I can go at the speed that I want to go at. I'm not, right. <laughs> I did that. And I remember thinking this was such a genius mom hack because then when the following weekend happened, I actually had such low I wouldn't say low expectations, but it was low need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't need, I wasn't in that place of, I want to be celebrated by you, but you're also driving me crazy. And so I want to be away from right, you. Right. Right. Oh, I love that idea. Let's do that. Everyone <laughs> plan, plan a pamper day, a day away the previous weekend, and then celebrate mother's day with your family. I love that. That's great. So go at the, I'll make sure to link Jacqueline's post that she posted last year about Mother's Day on Instagram. I'll link it in the show notes so that you guys can see it and be encouraged by it because I sure was. So friend, we're chatting now about expectations. So how do our expectations as a mom, not just with Mother's Day, but in general, set us up for failure sometimes? And what do you think we can do about it instead? Yeah. I'm definitely somebody who has struggled with high expectations. I'm also somebody who I realized recently, my brain will create these amazing scenarios where I'll just think like, oh, maybe even for, I was thinking, thinking recently, I had my 40th birthday last summer. We had this party that I was part of. It wasn't a surprise party. I was part of, but I didn't know really all the details in my mind. I had decided my best friend was flying in and she was going to surprise me. And for some reason, so I was doing it through this filter of like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. At the end of the party, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, she never came. Okay. And, and it's funny because I think we can do something similar where we have a sense of maybe this person is going to, you know, whatever we, we know about the love languages, right. Where it's like, they're going to buy me this gift. I've been, I have been thinking about, I really want new, whatever the thing is, because moms don't necessarily buy the thing they want, right? I've been the mom who I go to a restaurant and it's like, you guys will order what you want. I'll just eat. I'll modify my meal around what you want. And then you end up at a restaurant without your kids. Yeah. You're like, I don't even know what I want to eat. Yeah. So rare <laughs> right. to pick for myself. So when it comes to, let's say we know what love language is, when it comes to a gift, not just hoping someone is going to buy me that gift, but maybe I throw three things in an Amazon cart that I love. And I say, you can still surprise me. Because one of the ways I would sabotage for myself is I would do it all, 
right? I'm going to buy the thing. I'm going to, here you go. You can give it to me. And <laughs> it, it kind of wrecks it. Yeah. I throw three things in there or I take, I go out shopping and I send some screenshots to my husband or I go to some stores and I leave some things on hold and they pick up one thing. So especially if you are, even if you're not really a gift giver as a love language kind of person, I think that's one way you can really set them up for success. Communicating clearly, this is what I would like. When it comes to like a meal, let's just say a restaurant, Mother's Day is, I think, the busiest restaurant day of the year. It is. So what does it look like a few weeks ahead of time to say, I made a reservation at this restaurant. And that means I don't have to cook or clean. And this is what we're going to do. Or um, I've had many Mother's Days where I've just left it all in their court. And my husband at some point in the afternoon has been like, so what do you want for dinner? So I think just really figuring out how do I communicate? What do I want? How do I communicate clearly? And then how do I set them up for success to deliver that? And so, yes, that could definitely be the same for all aspects of motherhood, whether it is having my kids help clean the house or what I feel like my husband will participate in when it comes to either our home or stuff with the kids. Like, are there some things you're continually being disappointed in? Are you continually disappointed that your husband isn't tucking the kids in at night or cleaning up after dinner? Like if you're continually disappointed, where is the conversation you need to have? And so one of the best things that we have done, even as a couple, is just have these very boring conversations where we talk about boring things. Like like who's setting the coffee maker? Like that's such a boring conversation. But once you've had that and you've said, I'm committing to being the person, I'm going to do it at this time, you never have to have the conversation again. That's the expectation. I think there are things like that you can do where you just identify, are there areas where I'm continually disappointed? And so for me, Mother's Day was one of them. And I had to kind of get out of my own way, but also set them up for success. Yeah, that's so good. And then that sets us up for success in terms of receiving well. And again, just, I think sometimes to removing the unrealistic expectations, like, is it really realistic for us as moms to have all of our needs and wants and desires met by our husband and small people who just don't get it sometimes, you know, and and that's a lot to put on them. So I think doing these things like stating what we want, maybe explaining what we like, what our preferences are is just helpful to everybody so that then we don't carry throughout the day, like the sense of today was not what I wanted. And I am upset. I didn't enjoy the day. And it just kind of helps us to reframe it. I like that. And I think really part of it is that often moms are wanting a break and they're wanting to be honored. What does it look like to to have both of those things happen. There was a year, a few years ago, where my husband had to leave in the middle of the day uh, for a family emergency. Mm-hmm. And I was really mad. And now I cared about his family emergency. Right. Right. But I really felt like I wanted a do-over. And it was probably a month of some resentment and some like simmering. I just, again, I wanted him in my mind. I was like, he's just going to redo this. He knows. I had to be very clear and say, I think I kind of, this is the one time of year where I feel like everyone honors me, says thank you, right? It's often this thankless job. And so I was just clearing it. So we did a little 
a little redo we had a dinner and it it was like okay that was kind of the thing I was hoping for so I think for you also feeling like what is a win for you it doesn't have to be this is a great day to see like we can stay off social media because yeah. that one of the fastest ways to wreck your mother's day is to see what other people have done and again like like always social media is posting the highlight reel so maybe you're seeing yeah. this beautifully curated breakfast tray and get all these things, but you're not seeing the whining that was happening or the fight or, you know, somebody. Threw exactly. Exactly. So if you feel a little bit, you know, sensitive about it or you're, that can be a really hard day to be on social media. Yeah, for sure. I, I love just that healthy, healthy boundary of staying off. And then I think something else we might feel too, because we talked about disappointment, this comparison. I think sometimes we also feel guilty for maybe saying what we want or what we don't like. Or again, if we feel disappointed, we feel this guilt about it. I think a lot of it's unnecessary, right? Like we as moms, like it's okay to want a break or it's okay to want some time to yourself, or it's okay to want your family to make dinner so you don't have to do it or whatever that looks like for you, whatever those individual desires that you have, it's, we shouldn't have this guilt about wanting to be taken care of once in a while or needing to take some space for ourselves. I, I have struggled with that. I know so many moms do, and it's like, Oh, I wish we could just stop feeling guilty all the time. (laughs) Well, and really what I would say is just like everything else in motherhood, the same way you're like, we go to the restaurant and I'm thinking about what my kids are going to eat instead of me. I think mother's day is for our kids as well. And that's the tricky thing. We're like, I want to, you were, you made this craft in school. You've been so excited to to give me. And so I want to be in that place to be able to receive it. And I think that's where really the genius of the pre-Mother's Day comes in so that if you're wanting that space away or something, but you also know in your mind, you're like, actually being with my people is what would really fill them up. And I want to do that. Like I want to be there for them. It's just kind of that cliche of filling your bucket. Like, what does that look like? What's a win for you? Is it going to the movies with a girlfriend? Is it like, what would kind of that thing be so that you're like, I'm here. I'm so filled up with those things that I wanted to do. I'm happy to have, let's be honest. I'm happy to have my breakfast in bed that you're actually going to eat. Right. Right. I'm not going to get the, it's going to like cool down and things are going to be a mess, right? Like it's always <laughs> just such a gong show, but overall as a mom, I know I hear what you're saying about the guilty thing. And this is actually one of the things I love talking to moms about is what does it really look like to pursue rest and things that do fill you up so that, and not out of a place of selfishness or right. Like there can be a, there definitely can be a place where people are just like, all I ever do is ignore my kids and pursue my own self-care. But what does it look like to choose some of those things? And that will have a ripple effect for your kids. Cause you're actually, you have something to pour out. And I often see moms around me who are actually, they're doing such a great job. They are such great moms. They are so committed to like pouring into their kids in all these ways, but they are internally depleted and they really are struggling to experience joy, not only motherhood, but their own lives. And like, I don't know why I don't experience joy. It's like, well, they haven't 
done anything for themselves. And so that's actually not wrong. You're, you are a human being. And so what does it look like for you to rest and to play and do some things that kind of, I always talk about, like, for me, there is, I love wakeboarding. I usually get the chance to go once a year, snowboarding. Those are times where I don't feel like a mom. I'm just me and I'm doing something that feels a little bit risky. It's not so crazy, but it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it feels so life-giving that after that, I'm like, oh, I'm actually a way better mom because I'm something inside of me has kind of come back to life. Right. That's so good. I think Mother's Day is a good time for us to kind of have this check-in with ourselves about all of these things about like our expectations about motherhood and then also just our own well-being. Like what do I need to do to take care of myself so that I can care for others better? And then just like you said, what are those things that remind me that I'm me, that I have interests, I have hobbies, like I can go do things for myself. It should be a part of the caring for our family is caring for ourselves as a mom. So, yeah. yeah. So listeners take this opportunity to think about these things. Like what, what would you like to change going forward or what would you like to incorporate into your life so that you can feel that joy and that sense of just wholeness of remembering that you, yes, you're a mom, but you're also you, right. You're a person that, that needs caring and, nourishment and inspiration in your life as well. So yeah. love that. Well, and I think for a long time, I subscribed to the, I would call it the martyrdom of motherhood where it's, yes. it's all sacrifice. And again, that so much of motherhood is sacrifice. So much of motherhood is this, like you're, you are caring for these people, especially when your kids are really, really young. There's so much of that. And I think what happens is but then we kind of can stay in that or it becomes a cultural narrative where we hear people, if you hang out with you know moms from school and you'll hear people talking about how busy they are and how that all they do is take their kids from activity to activity and there, there's no time for them. And I wish I could go to the gym, but I wish I could like all of these things. And it's like, well, what would it look like to change something? Like, how do you, oh, I could never do that. I, you know, and, and so the hard thing is there can be this filter of like, I'm just in service of my kids. And again, it's not a bad thing to be fully in the mom, you know, sphere, caring for them, loving them. But there is something that happens when you say, okay, what is that thing I would like to do that? Like, what, what does it look like to order myself a meal that I want to eat? Right. And I'm, I'm really using that, not just in the restaurant term, but metaphorically, like just say, I'm going to feed myself. I have noticed in myself there is, it's just a ripple effect, this outpouring that happens to my kids where I'm like, oh, when I am experiencing joy as a person, when I am rested, all of these things, I have, like, they see me come alive. Mom is dancing in the kitchen. Mom is doing this. Like, and so there is something in there that I think is so good for women. And that's often one of the messages I want to encourage women in, what does it look like to, sometimes we have to work smarter. So sometimes one of the things we often do as moms is we have kid-free time and on our kid-free time, we get groceries, right? Like that's, that's what we do. We do errands. (laughs) And so what does it look like to do that differently? So either you are going to get groceries with your kids, you're figuring out a grocery service, you're sending your husband, if that's an option, like 
what does it look like to not do that as much as possible? And then in your kid free time, you're just saying, what does my soul need? It might need to just go for a walk quietly or go to the beach or go to the movie. Like, how do I do something? And so that's revolutionary because I think for so many moms, we don't have Target where I am, but it's like, I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to walk around Target and I'm going to, and I enjoy that. That might be the thing that your soul needs. Yeah. But how do we kind of flip that kid free time and figure out how to care for us a little bit? Yeah, that's so good. Love that. So Jacqueline, we have this shared passion for moms and just a lot of what we encourage and teach moms about is things that we've struggled with in our own lives. I just love that about you. You have created this great program called Mama Get Your Life Back. And so I would love for you to share about that with listeners and then also share about three simple things moms can do to thrive in motherhood. I've really enjoyed creating courses for women that have just come from my own experience. And this one was, I just kept seeing women similar to kind of what we were just talking about, who really struggled to give themselves permission to rest, who were struggling with kind of a vision for their own lives and for their family. And so I've just compiled this I'm going to call it like this mega course that I continue to add to. And so it's cool because it is a course for moms. And then I, it's a, it's a living course. So I keep adding some of my, I'm going to say some of my best stuff. And so I want to keep going on that until I'm all out of my best stuff. And the thing place where we start is just helping moms really evaluate, almost like take stock of what's working right now in my life? What is not working? Mm -hmm. And just pause. And so I've got these printables. They can go through and see, okay, this is the thing I need to focus on right now. So really getting vision for themselves. And I think when we have that clear vision, it's like, oh, okay. So this is where we've, we've kind of been going down this one path, but we need to shift gears a little bit. So that's been so helpful. So starting with vision, I have a huge section on rest helping give women some tools, permission. What does it look like to rest? How do you help your family rest? And then I have a section called work smarter, not harder. So again, similar to that grocery idea of we sometimes just get in a habit of this is how I get groceries. This is when I get groceries. And is that the best way to work for you? Or there's certain things you can do with meal planning or laundry. And sometimes it's just thinking outside of the box and really having your own aha moments. So much of what I love to share with women is not necessarily this prescriptive, like do it this way, but more giving women the tools to say, I'm going to step out of my situation here and I am going to evaluate things and look at them a little bit more differently and and come up with solutions. And so I've really loved it. I also have guest expert coaches, people who come in like, Kat Lee from Hello Mornings and Wendy Speak from Triggers. And so I've got some conversations with them as well, just really trying to give moms tools, inspiration, things they can do so they can really, I think, come alive, right? That's yeah. moms are the heartbeat of the home. So I really want moms to come alive because that will have a ripple effect onto their families. Right. And so one of the things moms can do, I would say, for sure is learning how to rest. 
for years, I was always looking for the off switch, right? Like the, when you have a baby in the middle of the night, you're still on, like, you're like, right. is somebody crying? What's happening? And so their motherhood definitely can be exhausting. I don't think you have to stay that way. So there's even a section in mama, get your life back where we evaluate what do you find restful? And often we just have kind of these things that we do, these, these go-to things that aren't actually restful for us, or we are a very different person than we were five years ago. I used to love sewing. That was one of the things that I loved doing. I had a sewing machine and tons of fabric 10, 15 years ago. I don't really want to sew anymore. And that's okay. I guess I'll still have my sewing machine, but kind of knowing what are the things that you feel restful, what brings you joy. So I would say rest is a huge one, really learning to have some screen free or like input free movement. So whether that is something simple, like just going for a walk every day, just to kind of clear your mind, that's where I love to pray and just kind of like decompress. That's also where a lot of your strategies and ideas are going to come from. Mm. So the things where you're like, this thing isn't working right now, either with this kit or with our dishwasher or whatever that <laughs> you know, might be that gives you a break. And then my third one for sure is having an anchor that is just like, how do I, when am I connecting with God? Mm. And so for me, once my kids were sleeping through the night, I started getting up before them so that I could be filled up before I was pouring out. Right. Oh, those are so good. And I love how you were sharing about the program. Like we're not telling you what to do. You're giving people the opportunity to think about what does my life look like? How can I apply these things? And it's going to look different for everybody. Cause like you're saying, what's restful to me might not be restful to you, but that's okay. And that's good. And I just love it. it allows each mom to celebrate her uniqueness and figure out what works for her. And like you said, so often, I think comparison is a big thing with moms, right? Like just overall, but I think we even sometimes compare ourselves to who we used to be or who, what we used to do. And that may not work anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, and I even think in saying mama, get your life back. It's not that we're going back to who you were. It really is. Who are you becoming? Like, who are you becoming now? So for myself, it's like, I'm 40. I have three girls. I'm not going back to who I was when I was 25 parts of it. I'd like, but what does it look like? Is it's who I am. And actually I love, I love who I am as a 40 year old with these kids. And so what does it look like to even experience finding joy in things that I'm going to be able to connect with my kids about? And so I just think we don't often give ourselves the space, the permission, the time to be like, what, what lights me up? When I say play, it's like, I don't know. Like I love jumping on the trampoline as a 13 year old. That's probably not the thing I love to do now, but I did discover a few years ago trying to get back into snowboarding and I don't go often, but I was like, actually that's play. I enjoy that. I'm, I'm going to keep doing that as long as I can. So finding some things like that and, and, you know, putting in the I'm going to use a snowboarding example. I had to buy a snowboard. So I found a snowboard on Facebook marketplace. I had to either figure out childcare or get a pass. Like there was all of the little steps along the way. It wasn't, it's not as easy as it is when we're kids. So we're like, what do you like to play? Well, I just go with my friends down the street. Right. So, or making a nice meal. It doesn't have to be like, what are the things that 
are who you are that maybe have been lying dormant mm-hmm. and kind of bringing those up to the surface. And there is something where when you kind of come back to life again, it's, this is where I want to say this because it can feel selfish when you're like, Oh, you're le- you're going to the mountain for a day and someone else is going to watch your kids all day. And that's self, like you should feel guilty. Why you take your kids somewhere? Like all those things, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you come back and you are so excited, you had a great day and you are, there's something in you that feels so relaxed because you have been filled up. Your kids will feel that. Yeah. And they're also going to see a mom who is loving her life because for years, I think my poor oldest daughter was like, you kind of hate this, don't you? <laughs> this is hard because that's how I felt. I was in that martyr place. Yeah. I think so many moms fall into that, me included. And I think, like you said, it just really allows us to love our family better. It allows us to miss our kids. And then it allows them to see us experiencing things, being filled up and then in turn loving them well. So I I love that. And I was just thinking, you know, we, we do sometimes, I don't know how many people say it out loud about like, oh, that's a selfish thing. But, but if that's the case, I think we can just have a line back and be like, you know what? It actually was just really life-giving. And I hope that you can experience something like it too. You know, like we can turn it around and kind of make it an invitation to that person of like, maybe, you know, maybe they're really saying this because they really want that. So maybe we could just kind of give them some permission to do the same. Yeah. Well, and I've said to moms, I'm like, if you message me and tell me that you had a nap, I'm going to be cheering for you. Like I will be your nap cheerleader. Cause I think there can be the sense of needing to, again, I don't know if this is a social media thing, but needing to appear really productive and really clean, all of those things. And I am a doer. So I like to be productive. I like to get things done, but I also need to rest. There's been times where I've just shared, like, I am resting over here. I got nothing done because it's hard sometimes to be able to kind of give ourselves, really give ourselves the permission for what we need to do. I had an opportunity come my way in a few months time to go speak at an event. And because of COVID stuff, those opportunities haven't happened. And that's something I love to do. Yeah. But I ended up saying no, because I'm away the weekend before and the weekend after. And I was like, I, I can't actually, even though that would probably be something that would fill me up, mm-hmm. um, I can't be away from my kids. I don't want to be away from my kids that much longer. And so I think some of it is just that there's wisdom in it right. and really that discernment of knowing, yes, there's things we're going to do that will, you know, like paying attention to when you say the guilty feeling, like even just following that rabbit trail of why, like, is that true? Where is that coming from? Because sometimes it's valid and it's saying, don't take that weekend on. And other times it's, it's a narrative or a mindset shift that may take time to, to break. And I have one girlfriend who on Christmas day, a few years ago, her family was sick and she's like, so I'm folding laundry. And I was like, really? Like that just, you know, it, it's that kind of feeling of like, what would it have looked like for you just to say it's Christmas day. I'm going to do something. And so I think when I talk about the, the martyrdom of motherhood, I think we can get into that rhythm of just, this is what I'm always working. I'm always getting stuff done. And it's like, yeah, there's, before we hopped on this call, we were talking about flipping laundry. Like there's a lot to do, right. But in its place, 
how do we also find the off switch? How do we also find the place where we're going to be able to play and thrive and enjoy our life, which will help us really enjoy our family? Right. Absolutely. And I think a component too of kind of what you were just saying can be asking for help. Like as our kids get older, we can ask them to help with things and give them, we can empower them to do things for themselves, which takes things off our plate. Like maybe initially their struggle and we have to teach and train and that kind of thing. But then once we do that work, then it's beneficial for everybody in the end. So yes, so good. Well, Jacqueline, at the end of every episode, I like to ask some fun questions. So here we go. What are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? Uh, I'll pick reading. I'm always reading like five books at a time. Uh, My most recent books I have been reading, I just finished Ann Voskamp's Waymaker. That was really good. It was just a, Ann Voskamp is very poetic. She is. Uh, but it was a really good, it was a really good story. If you feel like you've been drifting a bit from God, mm. it was good. And also Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaire book. My husband got that from the library. Okay. Um, so yeah, those have been two that I've just been listening uh, or just been reading. I don't watch much of anything. Okay. I know so strange, but <laughs> if it's not life-giving to you, then. Yeah. And then I just, I listen, I usually listen to a few different sermons a week, which again, I know that's super weird, but I like things that are really inspirational, motivational, and just kind of keep me, I need a lot of pouring into (laughs) in good ways. So that's, yeah, where I'm at. Love that. Awesome. Next question. What is a favorite product service or practice that makes your life easier? I would say practice what you were just talking about before is kids helping around the house. Mm. And so now that my kids are five, seven, and 10, I can see the benefits of just including them. We don't do chores necessarily, but we just have, they kind of know their, call them jobs. We don't have a checklist or anything else. They just kind of know you unload the dishwasher every day after school. Mm. Usually you fold the cloth, you do this. And then Generally speaking, it is a, if our house is a mess, we all clean it up. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's a pretty basic concept, but it's worked really well. And so far has not really resulted in complaining or resistance. It's more just been the mindset of, we all make a mess. We all live here. We all clean it up together. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. Next one. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? Well, I think I already touched on it, but basically using kid-free time well, trying to get out. There was times where my husband would come home for 15 minutes from work and needing to go to another meeting. And I'd be like, bye. And I would go out for that 15 minute walk. Mm. And so I think, especially if you're mom of littles and you're home a lot of the day, just getting out of the house, being alone, that's key. And so being wise with your kid-free time, I think is huge. Yeah. I really love that. I I don't think I've ever thought of it that way because like you said, sometimes just kid-free time, like, especially when they were little, was like easier to go to the grocery store without them. So that's what I would do or that kind of thing. But just thinking like, how could I restructure that maybe over the course of the week? Maybe it's not every time I have kid-free time, but maybe it's over the course of the week. How could I consolidate so that on you know a specific day, I could use that time in a way that's life-giving. So, yeah. And sometimes it is going to the grocery store. 
Like I, it's not all the time. Sometimes that, sometimes that is what your soul needs is to go those things without them. But I think just kind of having the mindset of what can I do on my own right now that I can't do when they're with me. And usually it's some form of that deep soul rest, maybe reading. I used to, again, be the person who would be like, I'm going to go out. I've got two hours. I'll quickly do these returns, these errands, and then I'm going to go to the coffee shop and journal. And I would never get there. Mm -hmm. And so trying to really prioritize some of those things. And, Mm -hmm. and I really think connecting with God, how do I prioritize that? Which is still can still be a struggle because it's not productive. Look, do you know what I mean? Like, right. Does it, I yeah, love, it may not feel productive. Yeah. I love ticking off a list and being highly productive. So understanding that everything I do is kind of almost the seed that will bear fruit. And so if the fruit I want in my life is peace, I need to take some time to plant it. It's mm, so good. Love that. Next question What is God teaching you in this season? He's teaching me to surrender and I'm laughing as I say that because I'm like, I feel like he's always teaching me (laughs) to surrender, but really it's a season of opening my hands with these palms up about a variety of things in life. And I think over time, even if he's brought us to a place of surrender over time, I think our hands begin to curl back up and we hold on to certain things and we, we have to do things. We participate in things that he's called us to, but continuing to kind of, when I open my hands, I always say that's how we receive gifts with open hands. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I receive peace. It's when I let go of control Mm -hmm. and let go of anxiety. When Jesus says like, I want to give you my peace, like peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And so it's this funny place. We want to keep our kids safe. We want to control outcomes. We want to do all these things. And yet it is when I surrender my kids to God that I receive his peace about them. When I surrender my dreams, when I surrender Mm -hmm. all of these things, my worries, because I want to just hold on to this one little thing (laughs) I'm worried about. When I open my palms, my heart opens up as well. And so there is that really beautiful place of receiving his peace when when I'm in surrender. I love that. So good. You're right. There's so many things we want to hold on to, but when we, and it's so counterintuitive, right? Like we think we really care about this thing. We're going to hold it so tight and try to control and protect it. But it's when we surrender that we feel the peace and we feel that angst leave. So again, Jesus tells us, you know, it passes all and his peace passes all understanding. And so it's a backwards kind of way compared to how culture would tell us to. So good. Thanks for sharing that. So lastly, where can listeners connect with you, find your resources? And then do you want to share the special offer that you have sure. for listeners as well? Well, you can go to my website, JacquelineWidener.com and J-A-C-L-Y-N-W-E-I-D-N-E-R. And I have free things on there, like a free budget tracker. I've got the link to my courses I'm on Jacqueline.Widener on Instagram. My courses are JacquelineWidener.Thinkific.com. I have three courses on there. And I think it's great content, but it just gives you permission to pursue something 
that God wants to do in your heart. I've invested in lots of different courses that have been helpful just to be like, Hey, this is what I need right now. And so I love sharing the mama, get your life back with women. And for anyone listening, they can grab the course for 50% off and they just use the code um, mama 50 and it's capital letters, M-A-M-A 50 when they check out and they'll get it for 50% off. Awesome. Thank you for that generous offer. And this is a great, again, we're talking about Mother's Day. This episode is airing around Mother's Day. Like, wouldn't that be an awesome Mother's Day gift to give yourself? So use use that code. I'll link all of Jacqueline's sites and everything in the show notes so that you can find her. And this has been so fun, Jacqueline. Well, and I just want to say for anybody listening who feels discouraged, when my oldest was in kindergarten, I called myself the president of the hot mess moms club and I had a vice president. Mm -hmm. Things felt so out of control. And really it was that verse. I think it's Proverbs 14, one, where it talks about the woman building her house. And so there was just a point where God said, Hey, I'm inviting you to change. I know you think your family has to change. I'm going to invite you. And so that's my hope for any woman Mm -hmm. listening. And it's still something he is teaching me today. Five years later, I'm still learning to surrender to him. He changes me. And that has had such an impact on my family. Love that. Thanks, friend, for sharing your heart, all of this amazing wisdom. So I'll link all the places for listeners and just appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust Him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.